Another Cougar game is in the books. Touchdown, Washington State. Second alone now in team history with 26 career rushing scores, and the Cougars lead six to nothing on the first drive of the day. Substitution here defensively for Washington State. Too many guys. Marsh just getting off the field. Here's a handoff and a touchdown for Lapini Katoa. Two, seven out of nine on fourth down attempts this season. And Washington State makes a play. Jahan Woods blew that up. It was a give to Dallin Holker, the backup tight end. And the Cougars and Crimson make the play. Washington State football. Romney in motion on third and goal. It's Alchir leaping into the end zone. Touchdown, BYU. Tenth rushing score this season for Algier. And BYU leads for the first time today. It's Borgie. His feet finds the end zone. Touchdown, Washington State. Here in the fourth, it's Algier. He finds the end zone again. Touchdown, BYU. Algier's second score today, adding to his banner afternoon. And the Cougars add on. It's Borgie. Up the middle. Borgie is in. Touchdown, Washington State. Third and seven, it's Algier. It's an Algier first down run. And that will do it. at zero and it's time to break down today's game this is your cougar post game show presented by jcw's and tri-day trading on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network Welcome into your Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. BYU beats Washington State 21-19 is your final up in Pullman, Washington on the Palouse. BYU snaps a two-game losing streak, improves to 6-2, and two, and we are recapping it here on the Cougar Post Game Show. I'm Jay Catch. We'll be joined here in a little bit by Hans Olsen. He is currently doing the Utah pregame show over on 97.5 FM, so if you are a Ute fan, who's tuning in suddenly wondering, okay, why are we talking about the Cougars? Well, you know where to go. So we'll be recapping this win. We'll have some sound for you from up there in Pullman. Our good friend Mitch Harper, uh, part of the KSL sports team, which of course we are part of now up there in Pullman. He'll be sending us audio and we'll get you the thoughts from Kalani Satake as well as his players after this win for BYU. Well, I think we start here, obviously, that the, the win for the Cougars in this one lays on the shoulders of Tyler Algier. He rushes for 32 carries, excuse me, totals 32 carries, 191 yards, finishes with two touchdowns as BYU wins this game 21-19. The Cougars are now 6-2 on the season, officially bowl eligible. Uh, They're currently contracted to play in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I think the biggest thing about this game is my overall thought on this was that BYU just needed a win. Didn't matter how it came, they just needed a win. And they win it by the skin of their teeth. 
a missed PAT in this game by Washington State forced the Cougars. Uh, speaking of Wazoo, I know saying Cougars in this matchup is kind of an oxymoron because both teams are the Cougars. Well, the Washington State Cougars miss a PAT. Then they go down and score a potential game-tying touchdown, but they're forced to go for two for the tie. They try and end around, which is sniffed out by BYU's defense, and that ends up being the final margin, 21-19. to uh, so a huge win for BYU, especially considering them coming off those back-to-back uh, losses to Boise State and Baylor. A much better effort, especially in the trenches, it felt like, from BYU, in my opinion. And we'll, of course, have more for you guys as this progresses. Hans Olsen will join us a little later on with his thoughts. And one thing, uh, if you guys want to weigh in with your thoughts, feel free to call in. Love to have your guys' thoughts on air with us. 855 855- 340-9663 340-ZONE Love to get you guys in let you sound off on what you saw from this win for BYU and what your takeaways from it are so feel free to weigh in with that and love having your guys' interaction with us here on the show also can tweet at us at Zone Sports Net for the station I'm at Jacob C. Hatch and Hands who will join us here in a little while is at 975 Hands fast moving game by the way we played this game it kicked off at 1.30 and we finished this game what at 440 so a three hour and 10 minute game fast moving contest but the cougars uh speaking of byu are now six and two on the season so a solid win all the same for byu all right uh let's get you guys' uh interactions with us like i said please call in we are also brought to you on the cougar post game show as always by our friends at trydaytrading.com ryan and the crew over there simply want to help you guys out supplement your income no matter how much or how little you guys are looking to supplement they can help you out with that they have a really really cool feature where you actually can try out their program for just ten dollars for 30 days and see if it's right for you go to trydaytrading.com to learn more and you guys uh, can get into the day market and like i mentioned see if it's the right option for you maybe to supplement your income and in some people's cases it sounds like they've actually taken over their income it's become their total income so might give that a shot also brought to you today by our friends at jcw's always appreciate them hosting us down here in provo there are jcw's up and down the wasatch front in american fork south jordan and harriman but if you guys are looking for a post-game snack come stop by we'd love to have you guys down here in provo at the plum tree shopping center food was absolutely incredible johnny's been hanging out with me all afternoon we both had a salad i know that sounds disappointing but the salads here are actually highly underrated i think also had some wings so Really, really fun afternoon spent watching BYU in that 21-19 ball game. All right, let's get to some of the stats here from this game. And the Cougars, speaking of BYU, came out with a very much, uh, I thought, intentional game plan to run the football in this game. And evidence of that comes out in the final uh, tally. 48 rushing attempts for BYU across five different players who got carries in this game. 48 rushes against just 21 passes. Jaron Hall in this game, 15 of 20. So a 75% completion percentage for him. 143 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. A quarterback rating of 135.1. But Tyler Algier, he was the man in this game. As I mentioned in the open, 32 carries, 191 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, averaged six yards per carry. Uh, Puka Nakua had two rushes on uh, those fly sweeps, two carries for 26 yards. And Jaron Hall, very effective when he was running as well. Eight carries, 17 yards uh, for him. His long on the game was a 13-yard scamper. BYU, I think they heard all of the uh, talk about them not being able to run the football, and they said, you know what? We're going to go out and prove we can do it. 
48 rush attempts, 238 yards. Lopini Katoa tallied the other uh, touchdown for BYU in this game on the ground. He had three carries for 15 yards. BYU averaged five yards per carry in this. I think they did everything they set out to do. They kind of put to bed the rumors that they couldn't run the football anymore. They withstood two offensive lineman injuries. James Empey lost in this game. We saw pictures of him on crutches on the BYU sideline. Also, Harris Lachance did not play in this ballgame. But I think it was very intentional. Just my, I'm, I'm not saying I haven't talked to anybody about this. This game literally just went final. It was very intentional. The BYU said, you know what? We're going to go up there to the Palouse. We're going to control the game. And they did that. And they get out of there with a victory. Close victory, but a victory nonetheless. So as I mentioned, we'll get your guys' thoughts on air. You can tweet at us. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can tweet at our station feed at Zone Sports Net with your post-game takeaways from the win for BYU. Also would love to have you guys call in 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-9663. And we'll get out to the phone lines right now. Brady on the line. Brady, what's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? We're doing all right. What were your takeaways from this win? Uh, I, I'll, I'll take the win, but I wasn't very happy with the defense. But, but one question, if you get Hans on the phone, if, you sure. get, if he's listening or whatever, um, I, I don't understand how that defensive line is about ten, each defensive lineman were down 10 yards from each other, and then we had no pressure on that quarterback, and he's throwing the ball. And another thing is that I wanted a touchdown at the end of the game. Instead of just winning by two, we got to win by more. Okay. And third, tell Hans that you on the mountain won't be lit up tonight. <laughs> All right, Brady. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, so, and have and a good one. Thank you, Brady. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate you weighing in. If you want to weigh in like Brady just did, feel free to call in. We'd love to have you guys be a part of this. We are absolutely up for you guys uh, having your say on it. And Brady, I think, brings up a point. The BYU defense, did they struggle in this game? Absolutely. Defensively, BYU gave up 350 yards on offense, 257 passing yards. I think it was a bit intentional by uh, just me speaking uh, about this, Brady, is that BYU's defense, I think they were more than content to allow things underneath. And you saw when uh, Jaden Delora, speaking of Washington State's quarterback, went deep, he was pretty inaccurate. Malik Moore had probably could have had, uh, what, three interceptions in this game. He dropped two in a row on that one drive in the second half. And I think BYU dared Washington State to beat them with the passing game. And they got out of the victory. I also understand the sentiment that you wanted. Yeah, you would have liked to have seen a touchdown, uh, kind of an emphatic uh, just end of the game, go down there, punch in a touchdown, and get out of there maybe with a 28-19 to victory. I get that. But a win's a win's a win. That's, I think, kind of the gist right now for BYU, especially on the heels of them having back-to-back losses coming into this contest. So... Thank you, Brady, for weighing in with that. A couple of stats for you guys here on this uh, is in the win. Neil Pau, Mr. Old Reliable, six receptions, 70 yards for BYU. Uh, he had one drop in this game on his seven targets. Isaac Rex, good to see the tight ends for BYU showing out a little bit. Isaac Rex, three receptions, 46 yards on four targets. Dallin Holker had a big reception late in this game as well. One reception for 10 yards. Uh, the one guy I saw a lot of people w- were crowing about is the lack of... T- uh, 
targets. So I, actually, I don't think I actually see any targets. So, so funny enough, Puka Nakua not targeted in this game. Uh, he had a really, really big game against Baylor, but in this game did not have that big of a, of a game. He did run the ball effectively on that uh, fly sweep, as I mentioned, but a little bit surprising, yes, to see him not have any targets at all in this contest. So we'll, uh, of course, continue to get your guys' thoughts on air. Uh, defensively for BYU, let's flip over for a minute here as I pull up the defensive statistics for the Cougars. Uh, Jacob Boren and Ben Bywater tied for the lead for BYU in tackles. Both of them five total tackles in this game. Uh, Jacob Boren, a little bit of a breakout uh, game for him, playing that nickelback spot for BYU, where the number 20 had a big pass breakup that I thought some people thought might have been a pass interference if you were wearing crimson in that game, but a walk-on I believe from Timview High School, so just up the road from BYU, Jacob Boren getting his first uh, playing, or I guess not first, first playing action, his first extensive playing action in this game for BYU, so uh, five tackles for him, Ben Bywater, yet again, BYU's leading tackler on the season, I believe he is now up to 63 total tackles on the air, if I'm not mistaken, for Ben Bywater. Not bad for a guy who was a backup to start this season, has moved into the starting lineup with the injury to Keenan Peely. Morgan Piper had four tackles in this game, and Malik Moore had the one interception that BYU did corral, also probably could have had a second one in this game. He dropped two absolutely gift-wrapped passes from Jaden Delora on uh, the same drive in the second half there. He finishes with four total tackles, one interception, and two pass breakups from Malik Moore on those two dropped interceptions. So you still get a stat in the box score, but you would have liked to have the two interceptions versus just the two pass breakups to go with the one interception. Kind of how things go in football, but uh, feel free to call in with your thoughts. Brady just weighing in, and very bold prediction from him. He thinks that Utah is going to lose up there in Oregon, uh, at Oregon State, and very interesting uh, to see how that shakes out. Uh, I'm hearing, by the way, that uh, Puka Nakua might have actually injured his hand in this game, so that may have explained a little bit the lack of touches for him. I'm just getting a tweet from somebody. Oh, yeah. So it says Puka did hurt his hand. Uh, it said that that might have been a reason why he had the lack of touches. So very interesting uh, to see how that shakes out. Hopefully it's nothing serious because Puka Nakua has been absolutely lights out for the Cougars, speaking of BYU this year, and has just been an absolute revelation. I think he's been everything that BYU thought he could be when he came to Provo, when he showed up uh, as, a, as a guy who was very highly thought of. We all know that coming out of high school at Orem High. Went to Washington, hadn't necessarily broken out quite yet, but I think the, the thing about Puka is he's just got the ability. He's unflappable. I, I, that's the, probably the term I would use. But if a, a hurt hand, well, that's probably going to affect your ability to catch the football, and that may explain why he had so little, so few, so little, so few touches in this game, seeing no targets officially, according to what I'm seeing on my stat sheet. Um, that stat sheet is obviously considered, um, what do they call it? It's, it's preliminary until they actually go back and make sure everything's official. But in the current... Uh, database it shows him having no targets in this game his older brother Samson Akua was targeted twice had one reception for seven yards and a drop in the second half on a third and five that would have given BYU a first down 
unfortunately couldn't haul that one in and I'm sure he'll be ruin the fact that he wasn't able to haul that pass in but we'll continue to get your guys' thoughts here on the post game show the Cougar post game show if you're looking for us we are on 1280 AM if you are a Utah fan just tuning in and looking for the Ute pregame show Hans Olsen has got you covered over on 97.5 FM if uh, you would like to hear his thoughts getting you ready for Oregon State and Utah coming up that game expected to kick off just over a half hour from now at 530 on the Pac-12 network and funny enough speaking of the Pac-12 BYU now 4-0 versus the conference. We had a, a, so who do we have on on DJ and PK? Oh, it was Yogi Roth. We had him on in the preseason. So during training camp, we had him on. And he made a statement, something similar, something similar to, the, to the effect of the Pac-12 needed to go something like, they needed to have a winning record, if not a 4-1 record, versus BYU this season. He felt like for the sake of the conference to prove that they were uh, I guess dominant. I don't know what what his overarching thought was. I don't recall that part of it. But he said he felt like BYU. Speaking of the Pac-12, needed to be have a winning record, if not a four and one record, versus BYU. Well, the Cougars, on the other hand, decided. You know what? We're going to go out there and we are going four and zero. They will have one more opportunity against the Pac-12 in their season finale down there in Los Angeles at the Coliseum when they take on USC. And who knows? what USC is going to look like once we get to that because they already have fired their head coach Clay Helton. They're working under interim head coach Dante Williams and in their game against Utah, they look like a team who wanted to be anywhere other than where they were at uh, playing that game against the Utes. So who knows what will be happening there on Thanksgiving weekend. And the Cougars, speaking of BYU, could finish off a perfect 5-0 and record versus the Pac-12. I actually made me chuckle late in this game. Uh, the announcing crew uh, on that on the broadcast was talking about, well, BYU should get a trophy or some such if they're able to complete a perfect season against the Pac-12. That's cute and all, but they're not going to. They just have the satisfaction knowing that they went up against the, the conference that they probably would have liked to have been a member of. They're going to be a member of the Big 12 nonetheless here in 2023. They got to go 5-0 and versus the Pac-12. That's pretty impressive for the BYU football program. So we'll have more thoughts from you guys. We'll also get your guys' uh, post-game thoughts here. Uh, we'll get to some tweets. I've seen a bunch of them roll in here on my computer. We'll get to some of those coming up here in just a moment. We'll also have post-game sound for you guys as Kalani Sataki and his players speak to the media afterwards. As I mentioned, Mitch Harper up there on site in Pullman. He'll be sending us that sound as soon as he's able to, and we'll get that sound for you guys on air. So plenty coming up on this Cougar post game show. Thank you for being with us. Once again, if you'd like to call in, call in now, get on the phone lines. We'll get to your comments next. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-9663. Love that nothing more than have your guys' takeaways from this game on air with us. More in a moment. This is your Cougar post game show on 1280 AM and the Zone Sports Network. here defensively for Washington State. Too many guys. And Marsh just getting off the field. Here's a handoff and a touchdown for Lapini Katoa. Romney in motion on third and goal. It's Algier leaping into the end zone. Touchdown BYU. Tenth rushing score this season for Algier and BYU leads for the first time today. 
Welcome back to your Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Jay Catch recapping a 21 to 19 victory for BYU up there on the Palouse against the Washington State Cougars. Big victory for BYU, and I say big in the sense that BYU was coming off two losses in disappointing fashion, especially one that you would consider to be very, very uh, disappointing with the loss to Baylor a week ago. And I feel like this BYU team responded the way that you would want this team to respond. I had uh, multiple people earlier on in the week tell me that BYU's coaching staff uh, in no uncertain terms made it very clear to their players that their effort level and their their output against Baylor was completely unacceptable and they essentially told him shape up or ship out. That was the message. And I think BYU responded to get the victory. It was not easy. It was by the skin of their teeth. There's no doubt about that. 21 to 19, the final up there in Pullman, but We'd love to have you guys weigh in with this. We'll get to your guys' thoughts. I, I threw it out on Twitter. I've got a number of you weighing in. We'll get to those comments here in just a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is BYU, they got absolutely trounced in terms of the run game a week ago. And let me also clarify one thing is that Washington State is not the running team that Baylor uh, likes to be. Baylor ran for 303 yards last week in that win over BYU, absolutely mauling the Cougars in the trenches. This week, uh, Washington State, I thought, had a pretty concerted effort to run the ball, but they finished with 23 total carries, just 93 yards on the ground. So a better outing on the defensive side of the ball for BYU. Jaden Delora passing where uh, they did most of their damage. Speaking of Washington State, 26 of 37, 257 yards, one interception for Delora in the loss. Uh, Jaron Hall opposite him, 15 of 20, 143 yards, doing what he needed to do to win this game. And BYU like many games earlier on this season, found themselves clinging to a 21-19 lead with just over four minutes to go in this ballgame. They needed a drive to salt this game away. So what do they do? They call on Mr. Reliable Tyler Algier, and feed that man the ball. And what does he do? He responds with first down after first down, especially the final one. BYU's facing third and seven. Conventional wisdom says throw the ball, right? Nope. Give the ball to Algier. He gets nine yards, and that's the ball game. That is called trusting your guys. It's called trusting your offensive MVP of the season. I don't have a hard time saying that at all. Tyler Algier has been absolutely marvelous. On the season now for Algier, 866 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns through eight games. So he's averaging well over 100 yards per game overall. Uh, He has an outside shot next week against the University of Virginia with Bronco Mendenhall and the Cavaliers coming to town. He has a big game in that one. He can go over 1,000 yards for the season in just nine games. Absolutely incredible. He had just over 1,100 yards last year, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. For a former walk-on who actually was playing linebacker at one point in his BYU career, what a story Tyler Algier has become for the BYU football program. Once again, this is your Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. We are brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com as well as JCW's, the Burger Boys here in Provo. We are live at JCW's in Provo. and love to have you guys stop by if you're looking for a post-game snack, a celebratory uh, milkshake, you want to get a burger, the wings, uh, their tri-tip, not tri-tip sandwich, their, uh, what do they call it? It's their beef uh, steak sandwich, excuse me, the ribeye steak sandwich, that's the one. Probably should know that name, considering I eat it quite often. Uh, absolutely love the food here at JCW's, and thank them for letting us hang out and do the post-game shows from here, and 
by the way, our our string of uh, 1.30 kickoffs for BYU ends next week. On the eve of Halloween, a lot of people will be out trick-or-treating. Well, you could spend Halloween, I guess, or celebrating Halloween at the house of Lavelle, build at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU and Virginia will be squaring off kickoff in that game set for 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN2. And we'll, of course, be looking forward to that game a little later on here in today's show. So if you guys would like to weigh in with your postgame thoughts, please feel free to do so. 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-9663. Let's get to some of your thoughts on social media that have been submitted as well. want you guys to have your opportunity to have your say on this game. Uh, so let's start off with this. Ryan Welling, a very interesting comment here. He's at Ryan underscore Welling. says, BYU is an excellent team. Still room for improvement. Example, the trenches. But certainly a powerhouse in the West. If BYU continues to recruit and develop on both sides of the ball, they could be a real contender in the Big 12. Okay, Ryan, I actually like your optimism there. This is a team that is and 6-2. I think people are a little bit overlooking this. You win this game by the skin of your teeth, you get to 6-2 and two on the season, well, you're still a really good team uh, in most people's eyes. I think 6-2 and two indicates that you are a good team. Are you winning games in different ways? Sure. Are you winning games close? Absolutely. But you're winning games by and large. You're 6-2, and two, you've won 75% of the contests you have played. It's stunning to think about that we only have four games remaining in the regular season for BYU. It feels like just yesterday it was August, but here we are as we get to the back half of October crazy to think the seasons just fly by i I, i'm stunned every year when the season ends like we get to early december and all of a sudden it's like this mad sprint is over and you're like oh hey that season's over i maybe should have slowed down and enjoyed a little bit more but it's just kind of how the season goes it just flies by it's absolutely crazy and i think ryan you make a good point there a uh, good friend, Nick Lee, at Nick Lee 51 said, still kind of in shock that BYU won. Washington State seemed motivated, and that first half was not encouraging on offense. BYU only scoring seven points. I would agree with that. The winning formula is very clear. Play enough defense for Tyler Algier to ice the game late. Time to celebrate in Pullman and watch some Seattle Kraken hockey. All right, Nick. I can respect that. Uh, Nick does live up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so thank you for sharing your thoughts, Nick. And hopefully the Kraken can go out in the victory for you. Our good friend uh, Tucker Smith at Tuckinator says, get more uh, time on the Jugs pass catching machine. Well, he's a defensive back for a reason, I think, in most people's minds, Tuck. Uh, but obviously, Malik Moore would have liked to have hauled in at least one more interception in this game. Had two of them just absolutely gift wrapped for him. One of them thrown right to him. That one, as in the middle of the field there, that ball was just... I don't know how you drop that. And sometimes, as I, I tweeted this out, by the way, you can follow me at Jacob Hatch. Sometimes the easiest ones are the are the hardest to come up with because you're like as stunned as anybody. Like, why is this guy throwing the ball to me? But sometimes it just kind of goes. All right, other comments here, and we'll get some some of your phone calls. 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-9663. Jeremy at Jer0212 says, hashtag lackluster in all areas of the game. Okay, Jeremy, I, I, I think that you bring up a point there because, yes, BYU only scored 21 points in this game. They won the game by two points. The special teams did have some issues. Jake Oldroyd missed another field goal, and the kicking game all of a sudden is a massive question mark for BYU. I can see where you're, saying, where you're coming from when you say it's lackluster in all areas of the game, but at the same time, it's a victory for BYU. Other comments here. Rich Nilsson at Rise and Shout Out. That Pac-12... Oh, excuse me, that the Pac-12 finally has a chance of getting a team into the playoffs. Now, that's funny, Rich, uh, speaking of BYU, uh, having a chance here. I'm, I'm 
they're probably not getting to the playoffs. But nonetheless, we'll keep you updated on that. By the way, in the Pac-12, uh, Oregon Ducks leading uh, UCLA uh, 34-21 to 21 late in that one. Uh, so back and forth in that matchup. They had college game day there in Westwood earlier on today. All right, let's get out to the phone lines. So we have Alejandro on the line. Alejandro, what's up? What's up, Yak? How's it going, my buddy? Doing well. How are you? <sighs> Finally coming down from it. Finally coming down. But one, uh, one point I want to make, and Tyler Algier has me absolutely terrified, and I'll tell you why. I pray to whatever, whatever I pray to, <laughs> he goes to the NFL next year. Okay. But I am terrified what we have to backfill that position. It seems like, and I think it's probably consensus among the fan base, that Katoa, Ropati, McChesney, Finau, these guys aren't the answer next year. Katoa, I don't know, I figure he's probably going to play for another 15 years. He's been here forever. Why not just give him infinite um, eligibility? But... Is there anybody in the pipeline that we have that we think we can trust and step into that role? Because these other guys that we're hoping to get glimpses of, but we never get in a situation in a game where we can give them opportunities to get touches, uh, it just feels like once Altier is gone, that, um, position, that position room is just empty. Like there's really nothing that we can hang our hat on and rely that we can have um, lead us in the run game. That is a comment I wanted to make. Doing a great job. BYU won. Ugly. Doesn't matter. W's a W. Let's win the Pac-12. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for the phone call. And, Kate, that actually brings up a very good point because I'm with you. If Tyler Algier has any um, thought of what he should do after this season – I would, if he were asking me, and he's not going to ask me, he's not going to ask many people. He'll talk to some people, I'm sure, about it. he talk to his coaches, that type of stuff. I would absolutely encourage him to go to the NFL. And, yes, I get that it's a scary proposition to think about, okay, hey, what's BYU going to do if he does leave? Well, you are also right in the fact that we have not seen Hinkley Rapati. We have not seen Jackson McChesney. We have not seen them be given the opportunity to show what they can do. BYU hasn't necessarily blown anybody out this season. They've played, by and large, pretty close games. They got blown out down there in Baylor, but in that game, they were trying to come back. You're not going to obviously insert guys into that one when you're trying to rally in that contest. So you'd like at some point, yeah, I, I agree to see some of these guys. One name that was not brought up there that I've been hearing very, very good things about is Miles Davis. But Miles Davis got injured during training camp and has still not been uh, cleared so far as I know uh, to rejoin practice, rejoin the team. Uh, broke a bone in his foot, if I recall correctly. They all kind of mesh together anymore when I hear about these injuries. And BYU's a beat-up team, there's no doubt about it. They've had all kinds of injuries all year long, and they've been dealing with them. They're not going to have a bye week for another two weeks after this one. They've got to face off against Virginia next week and then they got one more game against Idaho State uh will be their FCS by game and that actually might be the game there in two weeks where you can expect to maybe see a Jackson McChesney a Hinkley Ropati uh Miles Davis should he get cleared uh Sione Finau give them their opportunities to show what they can do and that is a legit fear does Tyler Algier should he decide to go to the NFL suddenly what are you looking at with BYU in terms of the running back depth it's absolutely a question and I appreciate you bringing that up and the thing is if Algier yeah if he's smart he does jump to the NFL we all know that the shelf life of running backs in the NFL by and large is not very long I think the average for an NFL player period is just over three seasons running backs I think it's even lower than that 
So go get that money while you can get it. I would completely uh, encourage a guy like Tyler Algier uh, to get out there. Um, one note on this, BYU in this game, uh, they actually set a season high for BYU, speaking of the Cougars, in terms of rushing yardage for a game. 238 rushing yards actually outdoes the 224 rushing yards that BYU had in that victory over Utah. They have rushed for 200-plus yards in three games now. Utah, Utah State, and now the Washington State game, all of them victories. Uh, I mentioned the comment from Nick Lee earlier. The formula for BYU to win is pretty simple. Yeah, they need to get a lead, and then they get late in the game, four minutes or so to go, similar to what we saw today. They give Tyler Algier the ball and then get out of the way. The offensive line goes to work. They start leaning on their opponents, and BYU salts away the victory. It's a, it's a winning formula, sure. Is it a sexy winning formula? No. It's <laughs> but it's a winning formula nonetheless. I felt like the game against Boise State now two weeks ago, you can chalk that loss up to the fact that BYU could not hold on to the football. It seemed like all of their fumble issues, which by and large, we didn't see any of that today. And knock on wood, we continue to see them take care of the football uh, going forward. But those fumble issues, the four turnovers, yeah, that doomed BYU in that loss to Boise State. The game against Baylor, they just came out and they were not ready to answer the bell. And that's where they got, they got their butt kicked in that game. So now BYU sits at 6-2. and two. You needed to get a win. I think, uh, as you mentioned also on that phone call, Alejandro saying that you need, just needed to see BYU get a victory. It doesn't matter. A W is a W, and I think that is a critical, critical thing that some BYU fans may be glossing over in this. How much different is BYU being perceived that they are sitting at 5-3 and three having lost this game maybe in tight fashion versus sitting at 6-2 and two and having won the game? I say this on my podcast. Of course, I host the Locked On Cougars podcast every day. And if you'd like to uh, join me on that podcast, it's Cougar Talk every day in podcast form. It's on demand. It's available everywhere you get podcasts. I say this statement all the time, and it's driven some of my listeners a little bonkers, I think, when I say it. But what ultimately matters in a game for your team? No matter what your team is, whether you're you, Cougar, Aggie, or anything else, there's 130 FBS teams out there and many thousands more the other division levels in college football. Whoever your team is, all that really matters, if you want to boil it down, is to your team having more points than the other team at the end of the game. It's a really simple thing. I know that it's a little more nuanced than that at times, but what are we all here for? What are you doing as a fan? You want to see your team win the game, plain and simple. And I know that you would like to see BYU get back to doing what they did in 2020 when Zach Wilson was throwing for seemingly a thousand yards every game and big plays down the field. Jaron Hall may not be that same type of player. I think he's a very effective player. I think he does things very effectively on the football field. Is he Zach Wilson? No, but very few people out there are. There's a reason why Zach Wilson was the number two overall selection in the NFL draft. He is a rare talent. BYU fans were spoiled to see him do what he did during his time in Provo. And obviously, it's not been an easy go for him early on in New York. But that's very much a franchise that is constantly feeling like they're rebuilding and trying to figure things out. But I think Jaron Hall has proven he's plenty effective. He's had games where he's absolutely starred this year. I thought he was the bright spot for BYU in that loss to Baylor last week. Those big plays down the field, sure, 342 yards, a career high. But I think he would absolutely trade his stat line in this game, 15 of 20 for 143 143 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, for a victory against Baylor uh, where he passes for 
I don't know, if he, if he goes 500 yards in a loss, he would trade that for the win any day, no matter what the stat line is. All these players, I think to a man, would say that. It's more fun to win than it is to lose. And any of you who have played sports at any level of any type, you know that winning is much more fun than losing. So if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts, feel free to call in 855-340-9663. One thing I also wanted to note here in this post-game show is that uh, BYU pulled out some interesting plays in this game. They went deep into the bag of tricks. I know there's a lot of people who are upset. They had that fourth down. Was it fourth down and two? They decided to go with an end around or a fly sweep to Dallin Holker, the tight end. The timing of it was all off, and Holker get, uh, got stopped in the backfield, didn't have much of a chance on that one. We also saw him, saw him run a variation of that quote-unquote Philly special. I guess we can call it the Provo special if you want to call it that. Uh, Neil Pau uh, completing the pass to Jaron Hall, but Washington State sniffed that one out uh, pretty nicely. So BYU did try some of their trick plays, but credit to Washington State. They were ready for them. BYU overcame all that for the victory. And I, I, I think the biggest thing in this one, I felt like, and I said in the pregame, that I thought this game was going to end up with BYU winning at 34-21. to 21. I, I thought it would actually be BYU dominating a team who looked a little lost. But I think Washington State, they were rallying around one another. They just lost their head coach who had led them into battle for the previous, uh, what, are they, what are they sitting at now? Uh, they're eight games in, so they're sitting at four and four. He'd led them for the previous seven games. To lose your head coach, to lose your play caller, your offensive line coach, and two other defensive assistants, that's tough to swallow. And Washington State, they hang it, they hung in there. Max Borgie finishes the game, 18 carries, 83 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, averaged 4.6 yards per carry. He was very, very good in this game. Washington State did not crumble like I actually thought they would. I thought that the losses of half of their coaching staff would absolutely have the Washington State Cougars melting down. That was what I thought was going to happen. I was wrong. They battled. They hung tough. They refused to go away. But BYU overcame everything they threw at them and gets the victory 21-19. Cougars now officially bowl eligible. Uh, They will be headed to the Shreveport Independence Bowl or Independence Bowl, excuse me, in Shreveport, Louisiana. That game's scheduled for December 18th, uh, so just over two, just under two months away uh, for the BYU football program. Uh, one thing, by the way, on that bowl front I can, I can mention here is that there are um, some machinations in BYU's bowl contract where they could actually get invited instead of going to Shreveport in the Independence Bowl. In this bowl cycle, BYU has a clause in that contract that they actually are, could end up playing in the Cactus Bowl in Tempe, Arizona. I believe the two uh, the two conferences who have games uh, are contracted to play in that game are the Big Ten and the SEC. If one of those uh, two conferences, no, I believe it's the Pac-12, excuse me. Uh, it's the Big Ten and the Pac-12. If either conference is unable to fill that slot, uh, they could end up, with speaking of BYU, playing in that game rather than in Shreveport, but there are obviously things at play that you have to keep an eye out as we get ready for the back half of the season here and see where teams are getting bowl eligible in the conferences. And I would imagine that if you want to book tickets right now, book your tickets for Shreveport, Louisiana. That's what I would that's what I would bank on if I were a BYU fan and you're looking to travel for bowl season this year. Uh, very interested to see where uh, things go from here because BYU still has plenty to play for in this game. 
uh, not this game, the season. Six and two on the year. Uh, Hans Olsen and I talked about this in the post game last week, and Hans made the statement that he actually thought that BYU, after the two losses, they were back to back losses to Boise as well as Baylor, and he thought that BYU could and should go 5-0 and the rest of the season. Well, they're off to a 1-0 start in this back half. Hans believes that a 10-win 10, 10 uh, season was not out of the question for BYU. I was not necessarily quite as bullish on that. I could see where BYU could end up go- winning 10 games. I'm of the opinion they probably have a chance of still dropping one of the two games remaining as Power 5 opposition. Virginia next week, and obviously the game against USC. Uh, There's so many uh, factors at play in both of those contests, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that BYU finally kind of rediscovers their swagger here and then gets back to their winning ways and goes out and just wins the rest of the way. It'd be kind of funny to look at a BYU season where they start a season 5-0, they lose two, and then they finish the season 5-0. That would just be kind of a funny thing uh, to watch the career, the season arc where you go 5-0, and 5-2, and and then end up 10-2. and Just the, the symmetry of it all, I guess, is kind of the funny thing about this. I'm just seeing some tweets come in. It looks like Kalani Satake, uh, speaking post-game, said that both James Empey and Gunnar Romney are doubtful for next week, but their injuries are not season-ending. We saw James Empey leave this game against Washington State early. He was spotted. I uh, saw guys like Mitch Harper tweeting out he was in the injury tent, and he was on crutches as he watched the game unfold. Unfortunate to see another uh, uh, offensive lineman for BYU down in this game. They'd just gotten Joe Tuku back. They're still waiting on Harris Lachance's return, but I thought Connor Pay played pretty well in James Empey's stead. I think it's very evident that Connor Pay will be the starting center for BYU if and when James Empey moves on from the program more than likely after this season. I, th- I think it's, oh, and it looks like we are going to be joined now by the one, the only, the Hans Olsen, wrapping up uh, his duties with the U pregame show. Hans, how's it going? Well, feels better after that second half. <laughs> well, Man. A, a 7-7 ball game at halftime. I, 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 I saw some people putting out uh, gifs on Twitter of them like dozing off, and I wouldn't have blamed them one bit after that first half. Man, I'm telling you, watching that first half, and it continued to pass on first down, and I'm, I'm pulling my hair out. My, I, I'm just sitting here going absolutely bonkers, watching them pass on first, run on second, pass on third, three and outs or pass on first run on second pass on third first down and then a pass on first that the first half was like well let's let's just go out we'll, we'll try this again we'll let's see if we can pass and then finally after Tyler Algier breaks a 30 yard run they're like mm-hmm. okay gosh, hold on dang it we have this guy in our backfield we should use him I guess we'll just have to run <laughs> And then Tyler Algier goes 32 carries for 191 yards and two touchdowns. That's what we were talking about in the pregame. Uh huh. This we is were. what we were talking about. Baylor and Boise State. I want to pull my hair out because I, I wonder if they had just focused primarily on the run. Because yeah. we just saw Connor Pay take over in the second half. And Connor Pay had responsibilities against Boise State. And if you would have just really pushed the run in the second, and if you would have really pushed the run against Baylor, I wonder if BYU could have kept pace in those two games. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's all behind you. Now you've got to look forward. 
But this game is exactly what you needed to see from BYU. And I'm glad that Aaron Roderick picked up on it. I'm glad that the offensive line got a chance to throw punches. And I don't even care that Jaron Hall had a 143 yards. If he's upset about that, then pull him aside and say, hey, son, it's all about winning. He knows that. I'm sure Jaron Hall's not upset about well, that. I said that a little bit earlier on, Hans. I think he would trade either one of his 300-yard performances in the last two games oh, in the yes. losses for the 143 yards and a win in any of those two games. No question about it. Um, there were some really great performances today against Washington State. I, I want to mention Malik Moore. Now, Malik missed about 18 interceptions that he could, <laughs> that he could have had. Yeah. Yes. But he did come down with an interception about four minutes into the first quarter mm-hmm. that was that was really good. It did lead to a three and out, and it was one of those pass-run pass that I just sure. talked about. If BYU would have just been clicking with the run game, I think it would have been great. They ended up missing a field goal, a 45-yard field goal on that possession. But following that up, you come out defensively, and you start getting good pressure in a three-man rush, which Washington State, shame on you. You give up pressure on a three-man rush? Well, you've got five to block up three, and, and you've got Mahe coming through with a huge sack splitting a double team it was it was really interesting um watching BYU be able to generate a little bit of pass rush. their defense kept them in that game in the first half Jake absolutely they absolutely did they gave up the touchdown drive on the first drive after that I believe in the first half they gave up a grand total after the so the 75 yard touchdown drive to start the game for Washington State on their first drive after that I believe it was 108 total yards the rest of the half for BYU's defense they gave up yeah yeah, and that's that's how it should be. Um, I was just looking at this. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Matt. Can I throw? I want to throw something at you, hands. So, yeah, BYU please. against uh, Boise State, a grand total of twenty-seven carries for one hundred and eleven yards rushing, four point one yard per carry average. Next week against uh, Baylor. 24 carries, obviously the 67 yards, absolutely abysmal, two point eight yards. Wow. Hands, do you know how many rushing attempts they had today? How many? Forty-six. 242 total yards against uh, Washington State, their highest output rushing of the season, beating out the Utah game where they finished with 224 yards. I'm just glad that they did it. Like I'm, I'm glad that they identified it and did it, especially in the second half, because Washington State is not a good run defense. Washington State, it may, you know, man against man, they, they can't stop that BYU front. And I posted an image of an Oregon State running back running right over Washington State. And I said, hello, BYU. Circle this in bright red. Like, you got to run the ball and you got to run it again. And then you, after you ran it, you got to run it because Washington State can't stop it. And I, th- I felt like BYU finally got into the groove of that and did okay. their thing. So, Hans, does that bring up, uh, maybe there's a little bit of a, a situation where BYU, they want to win games pretty, but maybe that's not the style this team is going to win games this year. Maybe they need to win them ugly and just embrace that. Am I, am I off base in saying that? Well, against Washington State, it's not that it, you just go to your base run. Just run, run, yeah. run, run, run. We'll see what Virginia does. You know Bronco dials up some really good run-stop defenses? Yes, he, he proved and, that and, all of his time at BYU, yes. 
Yeah, and Bron- Bronco's probably going to bring a run defense in. Yeah, I'm sure Bronco is going to look at the formula, and he's going to say, hmm, okay, so Boise State stopped their run, and they didn't run against Boise State. Baylor stopped the run, and they didn't run against Baylor. So we're going to stop their run, and this is the scheme we're going to do it with, and we believe we've got the dogs that we can do it. Bronco's going to come in with confidence that he can stop the run. So with that being said, now you work some play actions off of it. Now, now Aaron Roderick gets an opportunity to stretch out his creative legs a little bit because I think Bronco's going to come in with a lot of different looks and schemes and moving parts. You know, Bronco's defenses love to stem. They love movement mm-hmm. pre-shifts. They love it. And it is confusing. And it can get through running lanes and cause problems. So, you know, against Washington State, there's no such thing as winning pretty. Just get it going. Get it in the trench and get it done. Idaho State, go in pretty if you want. Sure. Um, who's the other trash team that they play? Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern. Yes. Go, go, go in pretty. They've go already fired their head for, coach. Yeah, go for, throw it for 380 yards. I don't care. Go go run around and and play throw football. That's fine. I don't care. But when we're talking about getting down to the base of Virginia and probably even USC, you, you better push Tyler Algier out there for 30 carries. He deserves it. Absolutely. He was the MVP of this game. He's been the MVP of the season so far for the for for BYU. He's been absolutely stellar. Yeah. When he's when he's been given large doses of his snaps hands, he has proven time and time again that he is the engine that will get this offense to win games. And I, the funny thing is, I think the formula for BYU and win these games hands is you remember what happened against Utah. You remember what happened against Arizona State. BYU needed a drive. It was about four to five minutes to go in the ball game. They get the ball back. They need a drive to win it. And what do they do? They turn around, hand it off to Tyler Algier. They, they chew up yardage. They chew up the clock. They pick up first downs, and they win the game. It's exactly what happened again today. It is. Uh, I I wanted to make mention of because I I went into this game. I wanted to see what potential effects this team would have, or this Washington team would have, or suffer from their coaches being out. Uh huh. Um, Delora made a lot of bad throws into double coverages. Now he's done that in the past, but. It, it, it was really strange. It felt like he had too much directionless football, it, especially in the first half of this game. I do think that BYU's defense did a really good job in coverage, and, and they left a lot of guys back in coverages. They rushed only three most of the day. But I felt like he was a little bit directionless and not as confident and I think that that is largely a result of not having his quarterback coach and not having his, uh, co- his coordinator and not having his head coach. So that was one. And then defensively, this is a big one. You know, I know that your defensive coordinator went to the head coaching position. He's worrying about the big scheme and the big picture. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, BYU goes to a run game in the second half and – I'm not sure there's a ton of adjustments Washington State could have made to stop it up, but you didn't see Washington State make any defensive adjustments to stop it up. BYU just kept ramming it down their throats, and 
Washington State didn't do a lot to stop it. So I wonder if there was a little bit of distraction from the defensive coordinator dealing with things that were going on on the offensive side. And then whoever he had assigned for defensive specialty was not seeing some of the changes or making the changes. Maybe they couldn't even make the changes. I don't know. That might be the case, too, that BYU is going to run over them, whatever they decided to do. But it was very apparent that there were some some missing moving parts that may have been there with another coaching staff. And then the other thing that we need to point out, um, Jake, extra points are important. They are. And yeah, I kind of opened this up saying (laughs) how big, how big is that bobbled PAT loom in this game? It looms. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's one play yeah. may have lost Washington State this ball game, and it's kind of crazy to think about. But you think about it: they miss the PAT, they yeah. get that touchdown, they have to go for two. They went with the end around. BYU sniffs it out, and what's the final margin? A two-point victory. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, you score that final touchdown, you probably tie it up, and then you go into overtime in your own stadium, and uh, that that gives you a lot of advantages. Overtime in your own stadium. It's very difficult to be in another team's stadium and go get a win in overtime. And Washington State would have had all the advantages, but those special teams moments, those little blips on the radar are extremely important. Um, all right, Hans, I wanted so to bring... I wanted to bring fantastic job, yeah. though, all around. And, that, and that's the thing about it. I wanted to bring up with you. I think the biggest thing for BYU in this game was just to get victory no matter how it came. You're coming off two losses. Mm-hmm. You've had your once promising 5-0 and start all of a sudden fall by the wayside. It was my kind of gut feeling that BYU just needed to get a win no matter how it came. Yeah, absolutely they did. And I talked about this game being a, a, a kind of a cure-all and, and a game that can fix BYU's kind of ills. And Look at what they did. They rediscovered their run game. And I know Baylor is a better run-stop defense. I, I get it. And people might be like, well, Hatch, you just don't. And, and maybe even the coaches are, Hatch, you just don't get a Baylor did this. So, you know, you could have ran for more than 60 yards against Baylor. You just didn't try. You could have had more than 55 plays. I just don't know how much you tried to establish drives and punish Baylor. And that kind of bums me out. But that's exactly what they did in this game. So rediscovering that passion reminds you against Bronco Mendenhall. Okay, we've got this run game. And we've got to go out there and try to impose our will. Bronco's going to throw the book at you trying to do anything he can to stop it. But at least you rediscovered it. You got a little bit of momentum back after suffering a couple losses. And you did it on the road. Now you get to come back home. Mm-hmm. And the comfort of the of the of the BYU fans, and you've reignited the BYU fans with a good Washington State win. I do think BYU fans were going to show up for this Bronco Mendenhall game, regardless. But I do think that this kind of reunited them, and um, this is exactly what BYU needed. Whether it was a big time blow or a hard fought win. They're in there celebrating. They're going to be getting on a plane here, coming back to Provo soon, and they're going to be feeling really good about the performance they just be, they just put out on the field. Well, and I, yeah, I think it regained, as you mentioned, some momentum for them going into this game against Virginia because had they lost it, obviously all the juice goes out the window, it feels like. They just yeah. don't have anything going into that game against Virginia. I, I also, I'm with you. I, I am hopeful that we see a BYU team that gets a lot more fan support than Washington State did today. Did you see the pictures from the crowd in, uh, up there in Pullman? Yeah. 
Embarrassing. Like, the 32,000 seat stadium, if that thing was half full, I would be stunned. I, they, were, they just did not. And I saw some people saying that some uh, season ticket holders were staging a boycott due to the Nick Rolovich firing. Uh, I don't think half yeah. the stadium was boycotting. I, I'd be hard pressed no. to believe that. No, you might have a thousand people that felt like the team was done wrong, didn't like what happened. I don't know. You, you might have a group of guys, but n- not where you're seeing huge swaths of the stadium wiped out of fans. It was just a pretty embarrassing attendance there for Washington State fans. Well, yeah, we are waiting on a post-game audio. Once we have that, we will get that to you guys, let you hear from Kalani Sitake as well as his uh, players. Uh, hands, uh, let's take a time out here. We'll come back. I do have an interesting stat for you uh, that I want to throw, throw at you when we come back in, re- in regards to the Virginia game upcoming because I, I think that we're going to look at something here that Tyler Algier next week has a, actually a very good opportunity to go over 1,000 yards for the season. I'll throw that at you when we come back. This is your Cougar Post Game Show. We are live from JCW's in Provo here at the Plum Tree Shopping Center. Hands, I followed your lead and went with some winks today. I think it was the right call. I'm not going to lie. That a guy. I hope you followed that up with a big old milkshake. Uh, you're not doing the dairy right now? What's I'm not doing the dairy right now. Johnny did have a milkshake, though. Johnny's hanging out here with me. He did have a milkshake, and he, he devoured that. And I've had enough milkshakes hey. that I know how good they are. Hey, throw, throw Johnny's mic on really quick. Johnny, I turn your, talk to him about turn your mic on. Go ahead. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey Johnny, Johnny, what shake did you go with? I went with the raspberry cheesecake. Oh, Johnny. Yeah, was buddy. It so good. I got to tell you, was at first good? I thought I was just getting raspberry, and then I started getting that cheesecake taste in uh-huh. it, and I could have yeah. ate two or three more of those. <laughs> they were so good. <laughs> the raspberry cheesecake, it's so tough for me to get away from the candy bars. Yeah, you know you're you're throwing in the Reese's pieces or the Butterfinger, and and it's hard for me to go to the fruits. But every time I go fruit or some type of of cheesecake bites or something like that, every time I'm like, I'm glad I did this. Way to go, Johnny. Yeah, well, you way know, to, I'm a sucker for anything. I'm a sucker for anything raspberry. So it doesn't matter if it's candy bars, built bars, or uh, yeah. JCW's shakes. Uh, like appreciate it. you, Johnny. That's that's Johnny Lightfoot. Johnny uh, takes care of all of our teching, and yep. without him, the station does not work. He also runs so many great promotions, and uh, he's the emotional support. He's he does so much for this station, and uh, I'm glad he was able to fit a, a shake in there yeah. at JCW's. If and you're out what, about, you're looking yeah. for a Saturday night meal, get yourself down there. Uh, you got Jake there in Provo. Uh-huh. Get to the Provo location, or you got plenty of locations across the Wasatch Front. Get in and grab one of them. Th- those JC burgers are so JCW burgers are so good. Just classic thick beef patties, high quality ingredients. It is the best burger, classic burger, sit down, incredible burger that you're going to find. And that's the funny thing. Uh, so our good friend Hans, do you know our good friend Big Uncle Pooh on Twitter by chance, Adrian? I don't know him, but I okay. have seen him on Twitter. So he actually tweeted at us in the pregame. He actually went to JCW's in Lehigh and got a burger before the game. So he he is one of many who followed our lead. So good to I, have people. I believe, 
he's a barbecue guy. <laughs> he is a barbecue he? I mean, he, guy, yes. He gets a trigger out from time to time, and he, he does some briskets, I know. He, but. he, he does a mean brisket. I can, I, I'll give him that. He, I've had his brisket before. It's absolutely phenomenal. So good to have people supporting us. Hands, we're also brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. I know you are, have delved into working with the guys over there, and I think the overarching goal of what TridayTrading.com is doing is they want to supplement your income at minimum, but if it becomes something that works for you, they're happy to let it become your whole income if, if you're that good with it. Yeah, it's so true. And you go through some courses and, you know, you work with their software and you work with their personalized coaching and it, within no time you're day trading and they're putting you in with funny money into the live day trading market. And it's only $10 for the full experience for 30 days. The software, the coaching, everything, 10 bucks and you get to get a, a real feel of what day trading is all about. Just go to TridayTrading.com and sign up. All right, more in a moment. This is your Cougar Post Game Show live from JCW's in Provo on 1280 AM. I believe actually, are we back on both signals now? I know uh, Jeff can pop in my ear and tell me if we are. So yeah, we're also on 97.5 FM. More in a moment. This is your Cougar Post Game Show on the Zone Sports Network. <laughs> you cougar post game show here on the zone sports network jake hatch hands olsen along for the ride love having you guys weigh in as well 855-340-ZONE 855-340-9663 if you like to weigh in with your post game thoughts after byu beats washington state 21 to 19 love for you guys to weigh in with this uh hands let's talk a little bit about the narrow margin in this game and in particular Obviously, when Boise State bobbled that PAT, they forced them later on in this game to have to go for two. And I think that you and I both were impressed with BYU and the ability to not get fooled on that end around on that two-point conversion. How about that, staying home like that? It's tough to do. It's not as, yeah, it's not as easy as some people might just be like, oh, yeah, well, you just stay home and you do your thing. But everybody's chomping at the bit to uh-huh. come down and try to collapse on a sweep or try to collapse on some type of late give on draw on the fake end round. But I, what I don't like is, you know, Washington State comes out and they try to put a reverse pass on. Well, it was more of a reverse and ended up guy just tried to ditch it because yeah, he, he, he was he, shut he's, down. On Lincoln the, Victor on the was the reverse. one that brought on the – yeah, he brought on the reverse and he was he got bottled up. And he's like, oh, I'm going to see if we can throw it to that receiver and just kind of threw it into the, into the turf there. So it, it was a big play, no doubt about it, because they get that, they, they tie the game. And – Funny enough, on that bobbled PAT hands, I don't know if you saw it as you were watching that game, if that holder had any sort of arm. He had a wide-open Washington State player sitting in the end zone there. He just decided he couldn't throw a football suddenly. Yeah, it was it was such a great stop, man. I, I'm telling you, Jake, you get sucked in on those reverses. It's I, I've been there a thousand times, and it does it plays crazy tricks on your mind because you've got indicators and keys that move in a direction and if I'm a defensive end or an outside linebacker all of my keys are telling me 
that it's going one area. And based off that key, that directs my first step. So my first step gets going one way. And it's tough because then in the back of your mind, you've got your coaching from a, a Wednesday chalkboard performance where the coach says, and don't forget, if your key tells you this and you see this, then you're going to be seeing the reverse. So get back. And you've got that in the very back of your mind. And sometimes it registers and sometimes it doesn't. I do wonder if they had a key on it, the way that it was stopped up. BYU's defense did such a good job of stopping it up. I wonder if they had a key on that reverse. If I'm a Washington State analyst or if I'm a Washington State fan, right now I'm saying that's the best that you could do on a two-point conversion when the game's on the line, that's the best you can do? Gadgetry? A trick into round reverse that leads to a guy trying to dish it out? That's, you've got to be kidding me. It's two and a half yards. That's what we could come up with? I, I would be pulling my hair out if I was having to analyze on the Washington State side of things. But BYU doing a really good job of, of getting their job done. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And the, the whole design of those plays, Hans, and you know this as well as anybody because you played at the highest levels, is to get you moving one way, and then they hit you as they come back around, the other, and it just gets you out of position. But BYU had multiple defenders not fooled at all, and they, they just held their ground. And that it won them the game. And I know that this, uh, this sport, there's a lot of nuance to it, and it seems like there can be multiple things in a game. But that one play right there, I think, won BYU the football game because they had the ball back, and then Tyler Algier goes to work. He saw the game away and BYU walks out of Pullman with a 21 to 19 victory and now six and two six and two and pulling off the in-state sweep I just sent out a tweet it's nice to see <laughs> all three universities getting the win over Utah State or Washington so, State so I know you Utah said, State 20 yeah go, what's that go ahead well I was just gonna say was this part of you guys like I know you guys like to do the preseason yes. predictions so you, you threw it out there were you the only one to pick the sweep or did the, uh, did Han, I was uh, the did, only one okay. to pick the sweep so, uh, so. I, and, 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 I, and it really did start with Utah State that was the one I thought oh man I, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect from Utah State but I do remember thinking in that game because there were already some rumblings and there was already controversy going on with Nick Rolovich, the head coach. And I knew that there were some quarterback issues. Remember, they started with one quarterback and then rolled into Delora. And I, I knew that that Utah State had uh, um, uh, the the shroud of mystery, the unknown with this staff that would play into it. But yeah, I, I did. I picked it. Washington State going 0-3 against in-state football teams. And I was glad to see BYU pull it off. And it was the the closest one. It was the most, you know, well, I guess all three were pretty close. All three were were far from a blowout. Utah State actually might be a little bit more of a a heart pounder because they were down double digits like four or five Mm -hmm. times in that game and continued to fight back. And BYU, on the other hand, um, well, I I was going to say that they had the lead, but they didn't. Washington State actually came right out of the gates and grabbed the seven-point lead. Yeah, they went down and, and went up 7 nothing. yep. BYU didn't take the lead until the third quarter, but it, it is nice to see the state of Utah control Washington State. Okay, Hans, I had this question just lobbed at me, so I'm going to lob it at you. Is there a concern that Jake Oldroyd is too unreliable at the moment for a kicker for BYU? Well, I love that kid, and it's always tough for me to – 
get after kickers. But it's really tough because in the world of line play, you can't look at me, like even me, as playing on both sides of the ball in professional football, even I watch line play, and I can't, unless I know what the play call is uh-huh. and, and the design is, I can't 100% accurately every time give you all five or all four defensively up front. I can't. It's just there's too many different working parts, and I can't really tell you how that guy graded out. With a kicker, you know exactly how he graded out. And when they're not hitting the grade, then you make the change. We saw Kyle Whittingham do it. Yep. Kyle Whittingham was finally like, I'm sorry, man, you missed too many field goals. We got to make a switch. You know, you, you love these kickers, and we've had so many great animated kickers here in the state of Utah. Uh, um, from Andy at, uh, at Utah to... Andy Phillips, yeah. Yeah, Andy at Utah to um, Linehan at... BYU to Wisnowski to they're, they're, you know you go on they're, they're, they're animated they're funny they're creative you can't and about they're a Tom great Hackett. and Tom Hackett they're, and they're great part of teams but when they aren't doing their job you gotta take them out you gotta make a move you gotta open up the challenge and you gotta find a guy that can do the job and the situation with Jake Oldroyd is we're not sure he's 100% healthy because there, he's missed games this year. And the descriptions when we've been told he's been out is that he had back issues. And that's a very uh, – and it's just it's a term that can mean so many different things uh, in terms of what, what type of back injury is it. On the season, he is 6 of 8 for the season. So he has hit, made 75% of his field goals. But yeah. the two misses he's had, hands, have come in the last two games. And I, I think BYU uh, is very wary right yeah. now in their kicking game of throwing him out there. It was a 45-yard attempt. I mean, that's not a chip shot. That's uh, It's got some distance on it. You know, if he's dealing with a tweak and you're trying to put him out there at distance... It was so fun talking with Blake Anderson. He's one of my favorite interviews, head coach at Utah State. Mm-hmm. And he's dealing with uh, some kicking issues. Uh, I want to say last week there were two missed field goals. No, there were three missed field goals. One Correct, was yeah. blocked and then two were missed. And I was talking to him about it. And he said, you know, I put him out there for a 54-yard attempt and he was going out there. I said, this one's on me just to take the pressure off and let him know if he missed it. I'm just... I'm rolling it out with kind of a, a, a prayer and, and a wish, you know. Um, 45 yards isn't a chip shot, but 45 yards is something Jake Olroyd should be nailing. And against Virginia, coming up next week, you might have to have one of these kicks to send it to overtime. You might have to have one of these kicks to end it in regulation. Like, Virginia is going to be an interesting test of... of, of of the the mental realm of football and if you don't get your kicking game figured out it could lose you one against virginia so you better figure this out pretty quickly and i would agree with you because you need to be able to rely on that i felt like byu at different points during the klein satake era with jay goldroyd have been more than content knowing okay we can take three points here and they they but at this point can you necessarily rely on that, especially with him missing those kicks recently? I'm not sure that you can. 
It changes uh, your play calling. Tough one. It, it changes your yeah. play calling. That's the one thing about it. I know that. Well, you know, um, BYU, it, you know, I know in this game, I can't remember. They, did they go for it on a fourth down in field goal range in this game? Do you remember? I know they had a fourth and two that was shut down in the first the, half. The, the fourth and two, and they went with the, the tight end end around with Holker, and the timing of it was just absolutely horrendous and got blown yeah, up. Yeah, timing but, and depth. I think that outside of that, I don't recall one. If I'm being honest, but I just you you know how coaches are, hands because you you've talked to enough of them, and when you know that you when you have the faith in your kicker, it changes how you go about play calling. When you don't have a kicker that you can rely on, it changes your mindset as well. You you, you think, okay, I've got to do something different here, and maybe set us up to have to go for it on fourth down. I just it's a tough one because I just. What did you say? Six of eight? Six of eight on the season, but those misses have both come in the last two games. One of them from 50, I think, close to 50 last week, and then 45 this week. And both of them from the left hash, and he sent it right down the middle, essentially. But when you're on the left hash, you can't go right down the middle. <sighs> well, I, I know that the world of kicking is just... As it's just more mental than any other position group on a football field. And you don't want to damage him. If you feel like you don't have another kicker to open up this competition and a guy that's going to push him, then you just let him brush this off and you just say, hey, no biggie. Let's get right back to it. And then you work on it in practice. You check his health, work on it in practice, and, and you move on. If they've got somebody behind Olderoid that's that's pushing the tempo, then Put them in uh, true pressured competitions in practice and let them go. I, I wish that, you know, some of the my favorite memories of the game of football is a lot of times you get to the end of team period and uh-huh. they bring the kickers out and, you know, you're choosing sides on, on who's yeah. going to make it and you're getting right behind them in their ear hole and you're screaming and guys are waving their arms and you're trying to get the guy you picked against to miss it and the, and then the guy that you picked for, you're still trying to pressure him. And, and then on the line, a lot of times, Jake, they've got heavy pressure. Like, if you don't make this, the guys that chose your side each have 10 40-yard sprints that they got to do or three gassers. Yeah, and so you, so line, you yeah. got, yeah, so you got, you know, your teammates that picked you to be more accurate and you're trying to keep them from having to do up-downs or something. Like, you build it into these crazy competitions. If you don't, if you've got somebody that you feel like really can't compete, put them in pressure competitions and let somebody win it going into this Virginia game. Well, they have Justin Smith, who has made one of two, and funny enough, his miss is from inside of 29 yards. I remember that miss. It was baffling. His other make is from 40-plus, so he is the backup kicker. He's 9 of 9 on PATs this year. They also have another walk-on, and uh, Cash Peterman, who's also on the roster, so We'll see if they decide to open up this week. It's something to keep an eye on. Hands, uh, so as we round things out here, we do have audio from our from Mitch Harper up there in Pullman. So let's listen to you here now from Kalani Sitake speaking after this win for BYU. Well, uh, just start off by saying uh, really thankful we got the win. Close game. Um, really enjoyed the setting. Uh, had fun with the game. And uh, it was really cool to have our fans here. And... and uh, a lot of credit to Washington State. I know they're going through some uh, adversity and some some change, and I thought those guys showed up ready to play, and 
really motivated and, you know, <clears throat> it comes down to it, we just made, when it comes down to it, we just made one more play than they did, so. <clears throat> so. But uh, I think you look at it, it was a pretty uh, balanced game. We, we had a <clears throat> one turnover that we were able to possess. And I think that that and PAT was the difference in the game. So um, glad that the guys played. I thought our guys played physical. I thought Washington State brought a lot of toughness and physicality to the game. And we, we still have a lot of things to fix, but I think just enjoy the game and enjoy the, the uh, atmosphere and the environment and embrace everything that happened. I, I, I thought we had some <clears throat> really cool interaction with the Washington State fans and obviously our fans that are here too. So uh, just a lot of fun. Looking forward to building on this and uh, glad we got this win. We're coming off of a slump. So uh, it's good to get things corrected and um, have this be uh, something that we can build on for next week. <clears throat> so I'll take any questions. How gratifying was it after that? The guys gave you the physicality that you wanted and you were able to close the game out there on the ground. Um, that seemed like kind of normal for this year. You know, it seemed like that's, uh, we like having our offense on the field. And obviously, um, close games are, are difficult, but when you're playing some really tough uh, teams, I, I think. Uh, the, the schedule and the high level of opponents that we've been playing takes a soul on you, and I, I love the way our guys respond. I, I thought last week probably wasn't our best, but it was good lessons to learn, and we knew that we'd have to be physical. And Washington State on, on film, they're a physical team. And so I know they spread the ball out and things like that, but their own line's a physical team, and we knew that we would have to do some things to stop their, their pass game. but. And, and maybe put some more stress on the D-line and then play with some, some odd front. We did that and required them to, to have to stand up tall and, and take on two blockers. And um, I thought, for the most part, it did good. I, I thought it was kind of back and forth, but I just like the response for our guys. I, I still think there's a lot of things we can fix and get better, but um, that's pretty much every game. You're going to have things that you can, you can uh, fix. I, I like that our offense took care of the football and that... Um, you know, ball security is something that's really important to us. So when, when you have tight games like this, it's important that uh, we don't turn the ball over and, and we were able to gain one. And so and I thought we played smart football. Uh, we had some mistakes uh, that, that end up killing pretty good drives. You know, we had a lot of yards, um, but the same could be said for them too. So, uh, but in these tight games, it comes down to guys just making one play more and everyone just depending on each other. I mean, it's easy to get down when you, when, uh, Washington State scored that last touchdown, but we had to rally and, and try to find a way to make a play on the two-point conversion. And so just glad that we were able to make that play. I think that that was a difference in, in having our offense go out there and pound it out and, and, and run the ball. I'm just glad they didn't put me in a position to go for it on fourth down or, or to punt. Kalani, speaking of that, what was the conversation on the headset like going into that third down out of the timeout? Um, I, I think we just... We knew that they that uh, they were out of timeouts, and it was just a question of do we um, punt the ball and try to pin them deep, which we have a really good punter, and Rico has got a great leg. He, even the sky area, he does a good job at pinning them deep. And, um, you know, the two-point lead, um, the field goal beats you. I think they would have had roughly a minute to, to do some things. Um, probably would have gone for it if it was fourth and 
I don't know, whatever. Just glad that they don't put me in that position. But I'm probably leaning towards going for it. Talk about challenging Tyler Algier and then having him come out with 191 and, and finishing the game the way he did. Yeah, I thought he played really physical. I thought he was punishing some people at the end of runs. Saw a lower shoulder. I know he got banged up a little bit, but sometimes you just have to just you know, gut through those things. And um, he's really sore right now, and that's how he should be every week. Um, he's a big-time player for us, and we need to utilize him that way. And, uh, I like what Jaron did. I thought he distributed the ball pretty well. Um, you know, I, I think we just had some some plays, some mistakes. I'm trying to think of, um, I think we had a illegal formation uh, that, that moved us back. And, you know, just a couple of mistakes like, like that, that that kind of hurt you and uh, had a sack uh, that, that took away something. We were past midfield. and But when you go against these, these type of teams and, and P5 opponent like Washington State and a motivated opponent, I mean, they were ready to play. And, I thought they had tons of energy. It was just a lot of fun, but uh, really fortunate and happy that we got the win. Kalani, it looks like you guys played a lot of nickel defense uh, today. What did you like about that package, maybe to counter the run and shoot offense from Wazoo? Well, they, they play with, um, I mean, 10 personnel, so four, four wides, right? So we saw um, on our film they have a lot of four wide, wide and so they're going to spread you out, and, and then they'll sometimes go bombers, which is double zero, which is all, all five wides, and so... Uh, that system, you know, and going into this, we know we knew that that there there's some change up in the, in the staff, but I don't know if they're going to go away from their identity, you know. And so they have people that are, you know, that that know know the run and shoot really well, and, and uh, so I, I thought they they look just like they normally do and call the game just as as they normally do. And I think Dolores is a fantastic player, so we tried to spy him a little bit, and uh, he still finds ways to to, to find windows to throw the ball and. He's just uh, such a young kid, but he's so, so, he has great poise, and, and he's uh, he has an ability to break free and run, and he utilizes his legs to help uh, create more time for himself. But uh, you know, I, th I think our DBs did a good job of coverage. I thought they did some really good things, and I don't know exactly what what they ended up passing the ball with, but I'd have taken 19 points if you asked me, you know. Um, before the game, I would have taken that against a high-powered offense like they have been, and especially the last three weeks that they've been playing, you know, going through this win streak that they had. A couple more questions. The, the tackling was a little suspect at first. It seemed to get ahead of your, your, your tackling at first was mm -hmm. a little shoddy, or, and it seemed to get better. Did you yeah. kind of light a fire under the guys, or why did that well, I mean, that's, yeah, you want them to tackle. I, I think there's two things that, that some great athletes out on the field, and so, uh, Washington State makes a lot of people miss, you know, but uh, I think for us it's it's when we're just throwing throwing our bodies at people and uh, I think for us to understand the shape of the defense and understand where our help is at, that's that's the key. Um, I don't think it's uh, out of the ordinary to miss some some tackles in, in space when you're going against great athletes, but I like the pursuit and the people that are showing up. And, it, and maybe what would get me more frustrated is the second, third, fourth missed tackle, right? But then you have these these uh, physical running backs like Borgie is, and, and um, their receivers are really good players, and, and, and I mean, they're really skilled. They've got tons of athleticism and speed. Saw MP and Romney uh, go off on, on crutches. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the up, latest update you can provide on those guys? I don't know the details yet, but um, not season ending. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll probably find out more. I mean, the season's a lot shorter now, so we'll see what happens. But um, doubtful for, for next week.
But we said that before with with Gunner, and then he showed up the next week. So I don't. I'll have more info on Monday. How impressed were you though question. with your offensive line to, to pound it out without MP? You get two Kawafu back, but uh, to have a guy like Connor Pay step in, you're able to pound it out on the ground. Yeah, Con- Connor Pay was big time for us, and and to have him fill in and and uh, play that um, you know on the road and snapping the ball. And he's got most of his reps set at guard, but to go to center and do that, he he's a I think he's one of our top players of the game. The guy made a lot of plays and. Made a lot of checks at the line of scrimmage, and um, you know led led that O line. The O line was really physical, played hard, and uh, it shows in the stats and in the run game. So, uh, looking forward to getting better and improving. But uh, I'm really pleased with the way that those guys showed up and the physicality that they showed on the field. BYU beats Oregon State 21 to 19, and the Cougars now move to six and two. And I think that'll about do it for today's show. It's been a fun one. Thank you for all of your interaction on Twitter, uh, Collins, all that stuff. Uh, Cougars now get ready to take on Virginia next week. 8.30 p.m. is the kickoff time for BYU Virginia. Excuse me, 8.15, excuse me, on ESPN2 on October 30th. I know a number of you out there probably will be celebrating All Hallows' Eve Halloween that night because it falls on a Sunday this year. But get the trick-or-treating in early. Let's be honest. Your trick-or-treating is done by like 7 o'clock by and large, especially if you get kids my the age that I have them. But it'll be a fun game. Bronco Mendenhall coming back to Provo for the first time. He swore up and down when he left uh, BYU that he never wanted to face the Cougars as a head coach. But I uh, picked a team that had BYU on a future schedule. So he'll be coming back to where he led BYU to 99 wins in 10 seasons. An update for you guys. Some of you may out there may be wondering how the Utah game is going. Utes raced out to a 14-0 lead early on. Nearing the end of the first quarter in that one, they lead it 14-7 up there in Corvallis against the Oregon State Beavers. So that is going to do it for us, for Hans, for Jeff, for Johnny. Thank you for joining us. This has been your Cougar Post Game Show brought to you by our friends at JCW's as well as trydaytrading.com. Get down here if you're looking for some food tonight. JCW's does it right. Got everything under the sun. Fish and chips, uh, ribeye sandwiches, wings, burgers, fries, onion rings. Now, Johnny just finished uh, some onion rings. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, trydaytrading.com, absolutely great as well. If you want to get into the, tri- day, into the day trading market and give it a shot, got a really cool trial feature. $10 gets you into the market for 30 days. See if it's the right fit for you to supplement your income. Really, really cool stuff. They'll teach you exactly what you need to do to have success. It's their goal, obviously, for you to have success in in the day trading market. So give them a call, trydaytrading.com. You know their website, Ryan and the crew over there, always so great sponsoring these Cougar postgame shows. Thank them as well as JCWs for letting us do our thing. We'll have pregame for you guys next week starting at 7.15, an hour pregame, obviously a postgame show for you as well, wrapping up whatever happens as BYU takes on Virginia. Until next time, this has been your Cougar postgame show right here on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network.